I love you in the morning and in the afternoon. It's not working, Daddy. What's not working? The car ride? Welcome to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Hello, hello. I'm Jamie Otis Hainer. And my name is Doug. You can just call me Jamie Otis Shainer. Uh-huh. This week we have an amazing guest on. She was the co-author of my book, Wifey 101, Everything I Got Wrong After Finding Mr. Right. But she is a gossip knowing queen. Well, I mean, that makes her sound just like a gossiper, but she was an editorial director for In Touch Weekly magazine. So she got all of the A-list celebrities, sat down, had interviews with them. And she's here on our podcast to chat with us about Married at First Sight. And also some of her interviews, I was like, ooh, I mean, she talked like Britney Spears and like, I Angelina mean, Jolie I mean, and Nelly Furtado. And, yeah, like everybody that we all know. So I was like, can you tell us a little bit like Ellen? I was like, tell me what's going on with Ellen right now. So anyways. Yeah, she's our eyes and ears out in LA. Yeah, she's awesome. And we're so excited to have her on the podcast. And, you know, I think we should just give a shout out for our five-star reviewer. Thank you so much. It genuinely means the world to us that you take the time out to leave a five-star review. Oh, and we have reached 2 million downloads, over 2 million actually. Wow. Yeah. So we're going to do a huge giveaway over on the Hot Marriage Cool Parents Instagram page. Awesome. To say thank you all for listening. You're, you guys are we're just giving away awesome. $2 million. Yeah. We don't even have $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> if we had a dollar for every download we ever had, we'd have that'd $2 be, million. That'd be amazing. That'd be awesome. No, actually... We don't have that kind of money, but we are going to do a pretty epic giveaway over on the Hot Marriage Cool Parents Instagram page just to say thank you. I yeah, mean, we got to make that special. Yeah, you guys are the best. Like We have the best, best, best friends. I say it all the time, but it's really true. So without further ado, Doug, I want to hear about this five-star review. Well, first off, everybody knows that we do record these interviews in advance. And if you can't tell, my voice is sounding a little bit scratchy. During the interview, it was rough, so I didn't really speak much. But this week's five-star review comes from Bits of Brie podcast, who says, you're awesome. I love you guys so much, and this podcast is so amazing. Keep being you and making awesome episodes. Straight and to the point. I like it. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Brie. Yeah, Doug got tested for COVID, and we talked about it a little bit. It's funny because I feel like anybody who has like even a sniffle, you're like, oh, COVID. Well, that's what happens is, I started to feel, I, I told Jamie that I was getting sick and I could feel it in my throat. It, it hurts. It felt like strep throat. Like it just felt like that crummy feeling that you get with the, I don't know, like butterflies or chills, but. Butterflies is not the right word. Well, that's, that's kind of how I know that it's coming on. And I started to just pound. Emergencies uh, and airborne. Yeah. And- I called my doctor and my doctor said, yeah, we don't see sick people. That isn't that what you're in practice for, for to treat sick people. She's like, well, you got to go get a COVID test. We're just recommending anyone with a sore throat, anyone with a cough or a cold, you have to go get tested. So I found the closest testing spot and they were able to get me in within a day. And it's not even like get me in. It's it's almost like a drive through fast food place. Like you just drive through the window. They put a Q-tip up your yeah, nose. <laughs> these people with a hazmat suit come in, put a Q-tip up your nose put it in a vial and say, okay, see you later. Yeah. And surprisingly within a day, because I have the app through my health insurance within a day, it got back to me saying that I did not have any signs of COVID. Yeah. So we're obviously very, very thankful about that because if he did, 
then of course I would have went and got tested because the last thing we would want is to give it to our children or to his parents. For I would have sakes. been quarantined in the basement. Yeah, I wouldn't have let him touch me and we barely touch as it is. That's true. <laughs> Postpartum, I'm like, oh. But anyways, I am so excited to have Dibs on. We're going to bring her right on right now. Yeah. All right. I am so, so very excited because I have one of my favorite people in the whole wide world here on the podcast. She's going to dish about Married at First Sight with us. She's a diehard Married at First Sight fan. And fun fact, apparently Justin Bieber is too because he had on his stories that he was watching Married at First Sight. But real fast, I want to tell you all about Dibs Bear because like I said, she's one of my favorite people in the world. She's an LA-based entertainment writer and the author, co-author of six books, including Dun Dun Dun, Wifey 101, Everything I Got Wrong After Finding Mr. Right. That's my book. Another fun fact, if you didn't know, I wrote a book. Actually, Dibs really helped me write it (laughs) extensively, but I told her my story and she helped me write my first book, Wifey 101. And I happen to love it. But she's also written a really, really, I mean, she's written many great books, New York Times bestselling books. But one of my favorites is Lady Tigers in the Concrete Jungle, How Softball and Sisterhood Saved Lives in the South Bronx. And that's a true story. And it was named a best new book by People Magazine. But to continue with her accolades, let me tell you, she had a 15-year stretch in New York City. She was the executive editor of In Touch Weekly and worked on staff at Cosmo Girl, Lifetime, and Ladies Home Journal. And let me tell you, the people that she interviewed, you won't even believe it. It's like Angelina Jolie, Britney Spears, Jessica Simpson, Katie Holmes, Ellen DeGeneres. No joke. I mean, that the list goes on. I mean, I could keep going. Christina Aguilera, Kate Winslet, Julian Moore, Gwen Stefani. I mean, the list continues like dozens and dozens of A-list celebrities. Dibs has been in their homes chatting with them. And I was like, can you please come on our podcast and give us the gossip? <laughs> so Dibs, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Oh my goodness. I miss you. We used to talk like way back when we were writing Wifey 101. We talked literally all the time. You couldn't get me out of your text (laughs) messages, out of your inbox. And then, you know, oh, there goes Hendrix. (laughs) Dibs, real quick, out of all the people that you interviewed, who did you like the least? Oh, the least. least. Jeez, that's real positive. (laughs) I like starting with the good stuff right off the bat. I would say, well, do you guys remember Nelly Furtado? Yes. She was not nice. No, I've heard that before. Yeah, she stormed off. I asked her a question that she didn't like, and she literally got up and walked away. Nelly Furtado, I'm like a bird. I want to fly away. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So she was not very nice. Shania Twain is notoriously difficult. I liked her a lot, but she doesn't do a lot of interviews. And back when I did it, she was almost doing none. And I flew up to, I think it was Ontario, and we sat in a dressing room of a stadium. It was just two folding chairs facing each other. And she like crossed her arms and was just kind of staring at me like, let's get this over with. But it turned out okay. But she's kind of intimidating because she just doesn't like to do press. So I don't get people like that. It's like you're there to help promote them and essentially help their business grow, whatever their business is, like music or TV or whatever. That's what you're there for. And then they're going to give you attitude. You're like, listen, lady, like, I don't want to be here any more than you want to be here if you don't want to be here. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Sometimes at a certain level, they don't need the press anymore. Like she was so famous, she didn't need it, didn't want to do it. 
But at the same time, it's funny because sometimes the A-listers are so incredible and so professional. And it's people who are a little bit further down the list who are really difficult. Like one of my favorite interviews of all time is Mariah Carey. She was so wonderful and so awesome. And she was like four hours late, but that's okay. Mariah Carey. (laughs) Um, But I went to this house she was renting in the Hollywood Hills and we just sat in these like massage chairs and she was so nice and open and I really, really liked her. I think people have a certain image of her and she was really cool. And she's, you know, again, a total A-lister, could have been a diva and was not at all, besides being late, but really friendly. Now, Dibs, if you can take us back, where did you develop this passion for writing? And for anybody listening, I'm sorry for my voice. I don't have COVID. He tested negative for COVID, so don't worry. You can like- Thank God. Yeah, you don't have to turn it off. You're not, he's not contagious. You won't catch it through your AirPods. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I really loved reading gossip magazines when I was younger, like People and things like that. And I loved entertainment stuff. And I just decided, I went to journalism school for graduate school and I knew I wanted to be an entertainment writer because that's what I loved. And then I moved to New York and got my first job as an assistant at Ladies Home Journal. I was the home decorating assistant and the entertainment assistant for two different editors. So I was like writing about sconces and then I would get to do (laughs) little interviews with really like low level stars to begin with. And that's kind of how I got started. And the more you do them, the more they'll let you, you know, go up the ladder in terms of the caliber celebrity so and go up the ladder you did because like I said earlier Ellen DeGeneres is one of her big stars that she interviewed and right now Ellen is getting a lot of flack because people say she is so difficult I mean dibs you probably know more than I do but people do not seem to like Ellen like what are your thoughts you know, I interviewed her. It was at the very beginning of her talk show. And I flew out to LA and she was actually really nice to me. And I got sat in her office. And it's funny though, like my experience was she's not the bubbly persona you see on the show. Well, it's hard to like say she, as a TV host, I'll like, you know, say it myself. It's really hard to stay at that level 24 seven, you know, like it's, that's like right. next to impossible. Yeah, she didn't even like turn it on for the interview though. She was kind of like, I don't know what the word is, not morose, but she, she wasn't like peppy. You know what I mean? Like, she but was, was she polite? Like, she was very polite. She was actually very nice to me. And I, I sat next to her mom in the audience and watched the show because her mom, I don't know if she still does, but at that time went to every single show and sat in the audience. Oh my gosh. What a good yeah. mom. Yeah. And her mom was wonderful. And I sat next to her. And it's funny though. So then after that, when I became a tabloid editor, at In Touch, we used to get stories all the time about how difficult she was. So I've known this for a long time and I, I would always tell people when they brought her up, oh, she's not what you think. And then people would get mad at me. Like, it's Ellen. Like, you know, don't talk about her like that. Um, and then finally, I've been vindicated, I think, a little bit. But. Yeah. Well, I, I also <laughs> think that someone that has really been, she almost lost her whole career just for coming out of the closet and saying she was gay. I would imagine yeah. that she harbors some resentment, you know, just having to struggle and having to hide for so long and then finally getting her shot, she probably just wanted to stay focused. And I don't know, that's my take on it. You know, as I am also LGBTQ, I'm a T and an LGBTQ, that's what I consider myself. But Ellen, you know, to our community is a hero. And so it's hard because on one hand, she's done so much like, and then on the other hand, you do have to, you know, it's not cool to not treat people well. And you're the head of your office. And if it's a bad place to work, you got to do something and you got to fix it. So I think like everybody is 
not one dimensional. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. She's done, she's done great things. And then maybe she's not the best manager. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I honestly, when, you know, earlier when you said Shania is so big, she doesn't really need the press anymore. Like, I don't know if I always agree with that statement, because it's like, we all need each other and we all need each other to continue to grow and to continue to shine. And we need to be polite to each other and friendly to each other and not think that we're any better than anybody else. Because quite frankly, like we all poop the same poop and it all stinks. So (laughs) that's interesting then. Ellen really isn't that friendly, I suppose. That's kind of sad, but honestly, I feel like, well, you know, you know, from being famous, people are tugging on you all the time. Well, we're not, thank God we're not that famous. (laughs) We're like the, you know, those people you interviewed when you were an assistant, (laughs) we're like (laughs) that level of fame. (laughs) Well, no, we're also in a culture now where good stories don't make press. They don't create news. And it's like, even I was talking to my brother about this. Why would anybody want to go and be a president of this country at all? Because, you know, let's not get into politics. Please don't. I'm not getting into politics. I'm just saying (laughs) there is such a spotlight on people wanting to bring other people down. And it's this whole culture that's sort of come up. And it's just, it's really sad for some people. I agree. It's, we build people up, we tear them down. It's ugly out there. You guys are on Twitter. I mean, yeah. So I think there's, not that I want to like both sides this, but I take it all with a grain of salt. But at the same time, her DJ on the show for all those years, he actually came out with his own Instagram statement saying he backs the people who are saying it was a toxic environment. So that's kind of a big deal. That's a huge deal. I forget. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think everybody also, you know, I mean, we've all worked in offices and we know how the culture has changed in offices over the years, right? It was okay to be like that. I worked for horrible people my entire career who today would be like, you know, in big trouble. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that it's changed because it really isn't okay. And also like, no one's ever going to succeed in that kind of mentality, right? Like all that pressure is just no good for anybody. But also I I do want to say though too, it's, you know, Ellen created a show that rose to, I mean, stardom. Like she has one of the number one shows ever. And so did Oprah. And Oprah's not mean. But what I'm saying is that, you know, sometimes you'll go and you'll think that you have to maintain that level of intensity. And, you know, that's kind of the vibe that you get. I'm a very superstitious person. And I would do the same thing before a baseball game. I'm not saying it's the same thing as the Ellen DeGeneres show, but you know, if you go with what works and you have to maybe feel like you're at that level of intensity and, you know, you don't want to drop the ball. So I, I can see both sides. I'm not condoning, you know, a toxic yeah. environment, but there's a lot that goes into it that people just don't realize. Totally. I don't know. I guess this is a kind of a two sides to every story thing. I guess it's become that, but it seems like it's really just one side and everybody who's ever around her, unless it's her wife, seems to be like really upset with her. But anyways, let's move on to something else that's new. I'm curious, Dibs, if you know this, but I was scrolling on Instagram and I came across a picture of Jennifer Garner and Bradley Cooper together. Oh, yeah. You saw it too? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, did you watch A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper? Of course. And- yeah. I don't love movies. Like I don't actually enjoy really, I love documentaries. I love true crime, but movies aren't my jam. A Star is Born, I cried. Like, it was such a good movie. And I really wanted Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper to be together, but I didn't want him to get divorced. I know he has, a, like, a daughter with his ex-wife, I suppose. I don't know if they're exes yet or not, but... Right. So I, I tweeted. I mean, I didn't really know his love life. So I said, oh, man, what a great couple. 
and I got the wrath of God for saying, <laughs> you know, he's married. You're trying to break up a marriage. And I was like, oh gosh, no, I'm not. Like, first of all, what is my tweet means nothing. But then I see, I guess he did separate. It's been a couple of years and he's with yeah. Jennifer Garner. What are your thoughts on that? Well, actually, I read that they've been friends for a long time, so I don't know if they're actually together or not, but... I don't know. Um, they were, like, on a beach with a picnic yeah. blanket, just them and his daughter. That seems pretty, pretty together. Good shirtless. Yeah. I know that. And she was wearing an Amish outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see... I don't remember. Well, her back was kind of the camera. I just noticed his nice hairy chest. Right. He looked pretty good for his age, but... Uh, yeah. Well, I do know, like, I from my inside sources... First of all, I also cried at that movie, and I still cry when I listen to Shallow on the Yes. And from my inside sources, they were not together, Gaga and Riley Cooper, during that. They had the best chemistry I have ever seen. Yeah, I agree. And I, like, you ship them. You know how the kids all say the word ship? I ship them. So cool. So cool, Dibs. (laughs) (laughs) Like totes my goats. (laughs) Yeah, totes. Is it as bad as that one? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I think that Jennifer Garner deserves some happiness after what Ben Affleck put her through. I mean, when I was at the tabloid, again, we had tons of stories about him just like, you know, just he was a partier. Did he like cheat on her or? I mean, we never really can say that because like, unless you're in the room, you don't know. But I think that she was long suffering. He also like gambled and went to strip clubs and things from what I remember from being at the tabloid. So I don't want to like get anyone in trouble for libel or something. Yeah, like she deserves a nice guy. I don't know if Bradley is that or not, but yeah, good for her. I mean, yeah, I thought she was with Jamie Foxx, wasn't she? No, No, that was Katie Holmes. Holmes. Oh, she's another one that deserves a good guy though. See, this is why I need you on, Dave, because I used to be like real good at the gossip thing. I used to read your magazines that you would interview stars for and now I'm talking on the podcast and raising two babies and (laughs) I'm way behind the times. I love it. But, you know, I do have a funny story about Katie Holmes, which is that there was a quote she had before she met Tom Cruise about how she wished she could marry Tom Cruise. And then they ended up together. And that was my quote from my story. No way, Dibs. Yes, that is one of my lame claims to fame. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's lame. I'd say that's pretty freaking huge. You like got ESP out of her. It was funny because I interviewed her twice when I was doing the teen magazines. The first time was when she was with, what was her ex-husband's name? I don't know. The guy from American Pie. Jason Bateman? No. No. Oh, what is his name? He was like the big football player in American Pie. I don't know what his name is. I can't remember. He's hot though. I love that guy. Yeah, Yeah. he is hot. So they broke up and then I interviewed her again and I did this whole like interview with her where she was like pretending to be sad about the breakup. Little did I know that she was (laughs) dating Tom Cruise and she did not tell me that. And so I had this whole cover story for, I think it was Cosmo Girl or 17. I can't remember which one. The whole story is about her being sad, getting over this other guy. And then the story comes out and like, Literally, I think like a day later, Tom Cruise and she announced that they were together. So I looked like a big dummy. Oh, so she didn't have ESP either. She really was already kind of with him and knew that they were potentially getting married. Oh, she was already with him. And in fact, I, then when I thought back on it, I remember when I walked into the interview, she was on the phone and she was like, I love you too. And then hung up. And I thought like she was talking to like her mom or something, but I think it was him. Oh my gosh. I will never forgive her for that. I look so dumb. No, I think that's a good story now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What are some things that you've like overheard, like since you were in their homes and like you were hanging out with them? What are some things that you overheard kind of like that, that I love you to Tom Cruise that when no one knew that she was dating him? What are some other things that you just like happened to stumble upon? 
Oh gosh, let me think for a minute. I'm putting uh, on if a you spot. Like, name somebody, I can maybe tell a story. Okay, well, Turn Britney on. Spears. I love Britney Spears, and everything that's going on with her right now. I don't know what's going on with her, but I love, love, love Britney Spears. Her stories on Instagram make her seem cuckoo. I feel really bad for her. I don't know what is the truth there. What I feel bad about is that when I was at the tabloid, I was at In Touch, when all of that went down, like when she shaved her head. Wow. And so I've always felt kind of guilty that like the work yeah. I was doing would actually contribute to somebody. I mean, obviously it wasn't like our fault, but we were making her life miserable, you know, with right. the paparazzi chasing around and, and stuff. And I mean, my girlfriend actually, Sam, is really into the free Britney stuff. She's all, she's on top of it. You should talk to her about it. Yeah. Because, uh, it's sad. Like, I don't know. It's, you know, I've heard also like, you know, Kanye West has similar issues and yet he's out roaming around free and she's right. like under this conservatorship. And it's like, why is she under a conservatorship and he's not, right? A hundred percent. So because let's- I think Kanye West will beat people up. I don't think Britney Spears would do that. That's true. Maybe. Well, okay. So let's back up for anybody who doesn't know about what's going on with Britney Spears right now. So first of all, I adore her. When I was a little teeny bopper, I mean, I would make up dances to her. Hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> like, I love Britney. And I've masturbated to her a couple times. Oh my God, Douglas <laughs> Hainer. No one wants to hear that. Oh my gosh. But no, like Britney, I, I just didn't know love this her. was R-rated. This is an R-rated podcast. This, I guess it is. It is now, Douglas. <laughs> it's, it's medical. Um, that's not okay. medical. That is rated R. But I, so <laughs> what's going on with Britney is like, if you just went to her Instagram, you would just see that she posts a lot of selfies, a lot of the same pictures, yes. like a lot of her dancing. Right. Just kind of bizarre things. And Doug, I kind of like want to point out that you called her cuckoo because I don't want to use that word ever because mental health is a serious is problem. Make, make her seem. Yeah. But the problem is, is that she probably, she definitely does have a mental health disorder and or illness, I should say. And so do I, like, so does the majority of the world. And I hate that there's such a stigma to it. So when we call someone cuckoo or insane, it's like, yeah, actually I really am insane. So stop like, I don't know, what's the right word for that? Stop like using that word so frivolously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a known fact, right? She, I think she has bipolar, right, Dibs? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so right now, I don't know what's going on. And then this conservative, what do you call it? It's a conservatorship? A conservatorship, yeah. So now her dad was like, for a long time, I guess, like after the head shaving thing, her dad was kind of her guardian, even though she was an adult. But her dad was like, I don't know, helping her become healthy again, mentally healthy again. But now her dad's really sick. So then it went to like some person in her management. And correct me if I'm wrong, Dibs, but now I think her mom is trying to get hold of the reins. But it's like, it is kind of like, why can't the girl just like, let the girl out, let her be free. Like she is a billionaire. She doesn't have to work anymore. Just let her do her thing. Yeah. I honestly don't know enough about it, but I, I think her brother, I just saw her brother go on something and say she needs the conservatorship. Yeah. So I don't, but I don't know. I mean, who do you listen to? Yeah. I, well, I honestly, mean, I think that like, you know, the video she's putting up, I think they're sweet, but they are a little odd or something. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. They're definitely odd. It's almost like she's like a 12 year old who never yeah. left the house, like never grew up. Almost like, you know, like Michael Jackson and how he never wanted to grow up and whatnot. It's almost right. like she's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Dibs, but does it seem the same to you? Yeah. She seems very childlike. I don't know what that is. It's hard to say. Like, did that happen after she kind of got locked up or was it, you know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, we're not her doctors. We don't know. It's sad. The whole thing yeah. is sad. Because- it's all speculation too. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I guess 
she's so great and talented, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. And I think that ultimately, I don't know, I guess like the thing I want to take away from this is that we should just leave her alone. Like everyone should just love her. We all love her. She's so talented. Let's just leave her alone. (laughs) Wasn't there a viral video about that? Leave Britney alone. Yes. Um, Now, Dibs, I wanted to ask you something too, because in tabloids, I feel like has somewhat of a negative uh, feel whenever you say gossip, tabloids. And then you interviewing some of the major celebrities. How did you walk that line between being friendly in an interview and maybe having the story come out? Did you ever feel threatened or how do you walk that line of choosing the right way to say things and the right words to put out? Well, I think, well, I had two kind of different careers. One was more like kind of legit, like working for like the women's magazines and interviewing them like Ellen or Mariah Carey or whoever, where they actually want you to come to see them and interview them. And then, you know, it's all a little bit more legit. And then when I got to In Touch, you don't interview people. You're just writing stories about them based on like sources. Oh, yeah. So like all the cover stories and stuff I did where I interviewed an actual celebrity, those were for like legit magazines. And then- interesting. Yeah, later in my career is when I worked at the tabloids and then they don't let you do anything. I mean, I remember I was kind of doing both at the same time and I was going to interview Lindsay Lohan. This was like kind of during all of her craziness. And they knew that I worked at In Touch, but I was sort of freelancing. I was doing a cover story for, again, one of the teen magazines. And I almost didn't get the gig because... They knew you were... Well, they thought that I would, you know, write stuff in the tabloid about behind the scenes of the interview. And I was like, no, I'm a professional. I can separate the two. And they did let me do it. But I had kind of had two different careers. One was kind of legit and one was kind of crazy. That's so interesting that you say that because I always wonder if those headlines for like In Touch and what is it like Star Magazine? I'm always curious yeah. if those are factual. Are they factual? Are you allowed to say this on the record? Well, sure, they're from why not? sources. I haven't worked there in eight years, so what do I care? <laughs> okay, so tell us, like, could you trust an in-touch article? That's a good question. Here's what I will say about it, is that those magazines do have legal departments, and every story has to pass through a legal process. But the flaw in that is that you have to have, like, sources telling you the information, right? But then what people can do is, like, you could be a source, right? right. You, could, you could tell me, oh, I saw, you know, Britney Spears at Walmart. And that's a source, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you saw Britney's film, right. you know, Britney Spears at Walmart. So what I usually tell people about those kind of stories is that usually the overall vibe of it is probably something real, but the details are kind of filled in, if that makes sense. Yeah. One last question too, before we get into the Married at First Sight show. Did you ever run into any circumstances where celebrities were trying to get their names back in the tabloids? Meaning like they set up a scenario where they told paparazzi where they were or you yeah. know, they did something crazy just to get their name back in? That's yeah, a question. Yeah, definitely. A lot of them have relationships with the photographers. And oh, so like, like my a gosh. staged thing at like a pumpkin patch or on the beach is actually yeah. set up, but it'll, they'll make it look like it isn't. Oh my god! Because then they both make money from that. Doug, when can we become like better celebrities or something so we can just <laughs> pay a photographer to be our paparazzi and leak pictures of us? <laughs> You know what? You got to think smart. Like Spencer and uh, Heidi used to do. They used to like go to the pumpkin patch at Halloween or. Yeah. Well, we got to like fight or something. Don't you have to like be like on the brink of divorce? You guys had some juicy like fights and stuff. You could sell that. Yeah, Doug. What do we fight about? What do we want to exploit? (laughs) You know who does that? What's that show called? Oh, on the home network, that couple, Tarek and Christina. 
And they were on, not flipping out. What was Flip or Flop? Oh, okay. Remember them? They were like on the oh, cover yes. of magazines for a while because their relationship was crazy. It was like they were having stories like where he was running out of the house with a gun and stuff. It's just like cuckoo. And then they ended up getting divorced. So you guys don't want to do that because it will actually ruin your relationship. Oh, so the but, stories were fake at first and then they became real? I have no idea. I wasn't working there at the time. I just remember seeing them and being like, okay, I mean... Someone is feeding them this information and making, but it made them huge. And now they each have their own shows and, you know. Yeah, we were actually in one of the magazines that had them on the cover talking about their crazy relationship and what made them stay together at some, at one point. So we were actually in one of those. (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) You guys don't need that. You're like legit people and stuff. That's the best. You don't want to be in those other ones because it really takes over your life. Well, Well, before we get into that, let's quickly mention native deodorant. Okay, well, I love Native deodorant. I've talked about it so many times on the podcast. It's really an amazing deodorant. It's made with ingredients that you actually know and can pronounce. It's super duper safe. My favorite scent, for sure, hands down, if you're wanting to try it, get the coconut kind. It is so, so good. And a person that smells Jamie all the time, going natural with these types of ingredients doesn't mean that you have less efficacy because Jamie doesn't smell whatsoever. Thank you, Doug. No, seriously. I just think that switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on odor protection. Native really does. It keeps you smelling fresh. It's vegan. It's never tested on animals. It's made with like coconut oil and shea butter. So it really does help block the odor better. And they have multiple, multiple different scents. But like I said, coconut and vanilla is my all-time fave. If you don't know what kind to get, definitely get that. But they have cucumber mint. They have lavender and rose. And honestly, they have over 14,000 five-star reviews. And if you wanted to try it, it's completely risk-free. So if you're scared that you might stink and, you know, if you switch to natural... This is completely risk-free, so give this one a shot. Every product comes with free shipping within the USA, and you get the free 30-day returns and exchanges. So check it out. It's nativedo.com slash HMCP. And if you use our promo code HMCP at checkout, you're going to get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com slash HMCP, or use promo code HMCP at checkout, and you're going to get 20% off your first order. And something that Jamie and I have mentioned in the last two podcasts is about Jonas Paul. And for any of our listeners that have kiddos from ages four to 16, Jonas Paul specializes in glasses for kids and teens. They have a home try-on kit for just a dollar. It allows you to try on the glasses, see how they feel, see how they look. You don't have any pressure going to a store, having to wear a mask. You can do it right from the comfort of your own home. And for a lot of the kids now that are in front of screens, tablets, computers all the time, they also offer blue light blocking lenses for all of their Jonas Paul frames. That's prescription and non-prescription. And the prescription glasses start at just $79. So if you have a kid or teen that is in need of glasses or some blue light blocking lenses, here's a way to go ahead and get 15% off. Use the code COOLPARENTS at JonasPaulEyewear.com. That's Jonas Paul eyewear.com use the code cool parents 15 and get 15% off your entire order Jonas Paul eyewear.com promo code cool parents 15 for 15% off okay we've got to get back to this now but you know if the finances get tight and we need like a, a quick paycheck I'm gonna be like Doug we're getting divorced <laughs> no I'm Doug just kidding needs to like chase you around the house with a gun and then you can sell that story. Uh, I honestly, it's not worth a dollar then at that point, you know, like, <laughs> right. like it's just not worth it. Like I'd rather 
I'm, I should take that back because truth be told, we don't ever need the money. Like I'd rather go back to my trailer park. It's not that expensive to live there. Like I know I could afford it and be <laughs> happy and live a sane life than like do crazy things to try to get attention. Like that's just nuts. Honestly, fame. I think the best part of fame is maybe the money and the rest of it. I mean, I don't know who would want that kind of scrutiny and attention now. Yeah, no, I honestly don't. You could get either. canceled in, like, in five seconds if you say the wrong thing, if you do this, that. It's like, ugh. Yeah. I always remember like people would say, don't you hate being filmed, you know, for Married at First Sight? Like, don't you hate them being in your home and all this? And honestly, I never hated it. Like, I've always loved the production company, like the people who come into our home. Yeah. I, we always become good friends with them. That's but awesome. now that I am a mom, I don't know why. And actually giving birth to Hendrix and I'm trying to like birth him unmedicated in a tub of water next to my bed. And That's I'm crazy. trying to make sure that my vagina in my boobs aren't hanging out on TV every second. It, that there felt, that was the first time in all of our filming that I actually, it felt intrusive. And I was like, I wish we weren't filming this right now because I felt out of control with all the pain, you know, it was unmedicated. So yeah. it was just like, but that was the only time that I ever felt like it was such a intrusive thing. And I think it's because we're like zealous celebrities and it's a good place to be at the bottom when it comes to this type of thing. But I wanted to switch gears all together to Married at First Sight. Because, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, because I know you're a diehard fan. And did you know Justin Bieber was watching and he like shared four stories about it on his Instagram? No, but I'm going to go look because I also love Justin Bieber. Yeah. Have you interviewed him? No. Ah, that would have been a good one too. So it's underneath Math's Lifetime. They put the story on their highlights so you can see it. And at the very, very end, he has this gift that says, call me. And I'm like, oh my God, Justin Bieber's a fan. That's so cool. For everybody listening, if you want to get a quick catch up, if you haven't watched season, is it season 10 or season 11? I think it's season 10. It is season 11? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like the seasons go by so fast. <laughs> season 11 of Married at First Sight is on right now. It's on Lifetime every Wednesday at eight. But if you want to get a really good pre-show, it's on at 7.30 and it's called Married at First Sight Unfiltered with yours truly interviewing them. <laughs> Which yes. up until now, we've been doing it remote and literally my living room has turned into a studio and <laughs> my daughter's toys are like pushed to the corner <laughs> and and then there's like a whole camera crew here and whatnot. But I think the end of the I summer, love Unfiltered. Oh, thank you. I love, love, love hosting that show. That's kind of like what your job was. Like it's fun to talk to the person yeah. directly, like yourself and like it's not through the grapevine. Like you know exactly what the information is. Yeah. So we've been doing it remote, but I think at the end of this month, I'll be flying to LA and we'll be back in studio again. Oh, wow. Okay, that's soon. Yeah. I would like to come to Unfiltered. Yeah? Yeah, I would love to meet them. I could see about making that happen, for sure. I'd rather like meet them than like a big star. Although Justin Bieber, I wouldn't mind meeting. But to me, the people on Married at First Sight are like my celebrities. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, I love them. I think it's hilarious. I just really have watched almost every single season except maybe one. That is crazy to me because to me, I would much rather meet like Mariah Carey and Ellen DeGeneres. I don't even care if she's mean. Like, I just want to say, hey, Ellen. <laughs> but I think that maybe you think that because you already have met every celebrity for the most part, except from Justin Bieber. And so you're like, oh, I want to meet married at first sight people. <laughs> I think also because like they're not hugely famous so that they're very approachable. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're excited to be like noticed and, you know, yeah. makes it fun. Yeah, gotta be honest. You know how you said uh, Nelly Furtado, she like stormed out of the room because she didn't like the question. Same yeah. thing happens with Married at First Sight with Unfiltered. Really? And it's 
someone that you would never expect. She ripped off her mic and stormed out of the room because she wasn't happy with the way the producer was talking to her. Thank God it wasn't me. And we're somewhat friendly now, but that's, yeah, people, it's crazy. I can't tell you what seasons. I don't want to give it away. Like, I, I don't want to be rude to her. Like we're friendly now. And I kind of think she had a little bit of reason. Like she was kind of getting grilled and she just didn't want to be. And she said, no, no, no. And then they just kept grilling and she was like, fine, I'm out. And I just sat there and was like, uh, what just happened here? Like, that was crazy. Like, I will say I'm so impressed by some of the guys. It's usually the guys that they get grilled by you on unfiltered and they sit there and they take it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like that's a huge compliment to me. Thank you. Honestly. And same thing for you with the fact that Ellen was nice to you. I was thinking that when we were talking, it's like, I know why she's nice to you. And I know why Mariah, who maybe is difficult for other people, you know, it's like, you're just so down to earth and friendly and you're not intrusive. You're not like pushy. You're just a fun person to be around. And so it's easy to chat with you and it doesn't feel intimidating at all. And well, thank you. I feel the same way about you. Like your interview style is really good. And I think people, even if they're getting crushed with questions that are uncomfortable, like you say it in a way that doesn't put people off, you know? Thank you. I mean, sometimes, what was it? There's one time, oh, who was it? Oh my gosh. I suppose it's pregnancy brain, but who was it? Dibs, you probably remember better than me. He was messaging. Oh, it was Zach from last season with Mindy. Remember Zach and Mindy? Oh, yeah. And Zach was literally messaging her friend. I like couldn't even hold my temper. I was like, I mean, that's just yeah. like the lowest blow ever. I just like couldn't even pretend to like him. I just, ah, uh, I just couldn't. Yeah, he was something special, man. Yeah, let's get to the current season. I could talk to you all day about this, but the okay. current season of Married at First Sight, we've got five new couples. They've all just been married and they're about to be on their honeymoon. So I'm going to tell you guys listening, it's Christina and Henry, Miles and Karen, Woody and Imani, Olivia and Brett, and Ben and Amelia. And real fast, my all-time favorite, hands down, without a doubt, is Ben and Amelia because they're so different. But Dibs, I want to know who are your favorites this season? Oh, I, I mean, I really like all of the couples so far. Ben and Amelia are like, they seem like a match made in heaven. Whoever put that together, brilliant. Right. So curious what your thought is on this because they seem to be like the all-around favorite couple. Everyone's loving them. They are unapologetically themselves. There's no doubt about that. The adoption versus biological kid thing. So Bennett doesn't want to have a biological child because I think mostly because he thinks that like there's enough kids in the world that need parents. And he honestly thinks it's unethical to have kids. What are your thoughts on that? And like, what do you think is going to happen? Because Amelia definitely wants children. Yeah, that definitely could be a deal breaker when you don't agree on that. I mean, I understand where he's coming from for sure. But I mean, that's just such a personal choice. And first of all, can I just say that I love their pajamas each of them <laughs> we have to describe <laughs> bennett's real fast okay, just in case no one saw bennett, his nightgown <laughs> yeah, I, I think they call it a moo moo <laughs> oh man that made me laugh so hard and then she came out in like a kooky kind of pajama thing too and i was like oh man but yeah i mean if you don't agree on how you're gonna have kids i mean that's i don't know i think that should be a question and i know it was proposed to us when we were going through the process of married at first sight but that should be one of the top questions to ask because I know people's minds can change, but that is a huge, huge deal. Yeah. I mean, especially like, you know, you're telling a woman, I don't want to have a biological baby. And I mean, I think most women want that, don't they? 
Yeah. I, that is one question I always had for you guys too, is about what questions get asked beforehand, like necessarily like politics, kids, everything, everything, everything. Yeah. I mean, there was yeah. like six hours of questions when we went through. And then they ask you the same questions over and over again, but in different forms. You know how they do that? Yeah. Well, that's for the so, personality exam and that spits out a number scientifically and then they match you based on that. Right. You know, the other thing too is like, she's a doctor and has to do residency. So she has moved cities. That's a yeah. too. Yeah. That seems to be a bit of a, I don't know, it's, there seems to be two red flags already in their relationship. That, the fact that she might have to move for her job and because right. he seems quite settled in his little home. Have you guys seen that yet? Mm, did I see that? No, I haven't seen his okay. home. I remember, remember oh, God. the guy who lived on a bus. Oh, yes. yeah. I love him. Do you know what? Tom, so happy. season three, yeah, Tom. Miami, Tom lived on a bus and he was terrified to show his wife. She didn't seem to mind. He is now married to a woman who had two children previously and he's fully, you know, taken on the dad role and he's he's such a good guy. Like just such a good guy and he's real happy. So he's doing good. Does he still have the bus though? I don't know. That's a good question. I think they're renovating like boats and stuff. I think that he and his wife are boat renovators. Interesting. Yeah. I hope she didn't change him because I love people like that. Like I love the fact that Bennett, I love both of them so much. And I just yeah. hope that they will be able to, I don't know, compromise and stay together because they are really like such a match made in heaven. I think that certain things are worth sacrificing. Like her job obviously would be like breadwinning. Right. So if he's okay with that taking precedence. I don't think it'll be an issue. You know, what's really interesting is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jane, but a lot of the times where they bring up finances, the woman on the show has always been the breadwinner. Yes. Uh, I actually want to talk about this because in our relationship and Doug's in my relationship, <laughs> I like came into the relationship with more money than him, making more money than him. And Actually, like for a brief moment in time, he made more money. And this was when I wasn't working and we were writing dibs. We were writing that book. So yeah. I was only working like part-time at the hospital. We were writing the book. You know, I was hosting Merit at First Light Unfiltered, but it was so, it was a very small gig at that point. And so, but for the most part of our relationship, I have made more money and we're not very vocal about it up until recently because I don't think, Doug, you didn't really feel comfortable, did you? To talk about it? No, I never didn't talk about it. I don't think it was really brought up in a way to announce it. I just always thought that you felt weird about it. I don't know. So then I felt insecure about it. Like I really did. And I was like, I don't want to make my husband feel insecure, but you know, like it is what it is. And honestly, I work an awful lot. So I was recently saying to him, if you could quit your job, like to help me with the kids, that would be really helpful so that I can keep working so hard. And you know, Doug was like a little put off by that. But I think that it's okay if a woman is a breadwinner. I think it's fine. And I think it's awesome if Amelia is the breadwinner and Bennett stays at home and is a dad. Like, if that works for them, there is nothing wrong with that. And that makes him a stand-up dude, if you ask me. Like, she went to school for a very, very long time. She's passionate about it. You know, maybe he's not passionate about being a pedicab driver, or he is, doesn't matter. But the fact that, like, he would be willing to, like, take the role. Like, traditional gender roles, I think, should just go out the window. Like, it doesn't matter. I do want to hear your thoughts on Henry and Christina, because right now they are my least favorite on the show. Yeah, me too. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts, Dibs. Well, I just feel bad for Christina, because mm. she was obviously very excited to come on the show and, like, meet her Prince Charming. And Henry, obviously, is a nice person. Yeah. But he, he's so painfully awkward and shy that she has to do all the work. 
And it's like yeah. kind of unfair, you know, like, I mean, it's not that Henry doesn't deserve to find love. He does. Right. But you have to feel sympathy for her. It's like pulling teeth to get him to not only look at her, but to talk, answer, answer a question without just yes, no, or he's not very talkative. Yeah. And what did you think about his friends, those two girlfriends of his? And the one, I think her name was Kristen, said, I don't consider him married. Oh, I know that. That was funny. I think it's a good sign that he has lots of girlfriends. So if he didn't, I mean, obviously they are very fond of him, which is a good quality. So yeah. maybe you have to just get to know him really well until he like shows his real personality. And also like they were drunk, weren't they? <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Oh, they were really intoxicated, like super drunk. And that's when all the truth comes out. So I love talking to people then. But I just like wonder if she's into him. Like maybe, I wonder if there's like past chemistry between them or something. Like what happened? Like why is this girl so protective of her guy friend, Henry, who's I think in his 30s and, you know, is getting married? Yeah, it is a little strange, but I think that was the alcohol. Maybe the other girl said she admitted she dated him once too and she was bored, right? (laughs) <laughs> that's not boding well for him. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Christina, <Right>? sorry, girl. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for her, but you know, but then when you see the beginning of the show, when they're doing like all the stuff before they actually saw each other, and then Christina seems a little high maintenance, right? With the yeah. pictures of herself. I mean, if there is probably a method to the madness from the experts, right? I mean, right. they probably need each other in some way, but it's a little extreme at the moment. Like, we'll see what happens, but I mean... I like cringe watching them. I just wish Henry could like look at people. I know. know, Also, I have a girlfriend who has social anxiety and it's very difficult for her to have conversations with new people. So I do have sympathy for him. But at the same time, this is a show in which someone is looking for all love. So it reminds me of the season where the woman was a virgin. And the other guy was so awesome. I forgot. Yes. Okay. Uh, It's Iris and Keith. Yes. Iris. Yes. Yes. And. He was such an awesome guy, but I thought it was very unfair to put the burden of that on him. He yeah. did not deserve to have to deal with that. Like, she should have been paired with someone who wanted that, right? Yeah, and, like who maybe was also a virgin or who, yeah, who wanted a virgin. Yeah, I honestly, I love Iris. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that- yeah, I like Iris too. It's just they were not yeah. very well. And I think Keith handled that so well. So Iris was a virgin. Keith clearly wasn't. And, you know, he kept saying that they were like emotionally on different levels and it wasn't like he wasn't trying to diss her, although you say that and it comes off as a diss. I mean, there's no way you can say that without it coming off like that. But it was true, you know, like it would have been awesome if they could have found a virgin for her to lose her virginity too, you know? Or someone who wanted that, like, yeah, he was such a gentleman though. Yeah, he was such a gentleman. Yeah. But that's what this reminds me of because it's like, there's an uneven match here and she has the burden of doing all of the socialization and yeah, that's a really good out. point. Like that's a huge responsibility. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like I wonder, sometimes I really do. I want to be like, why did you think that these were a good match? And like, why did you think that Henry in general, like truly like nothing against him, but what made you think that he was a good person, like a good candidate for this whole social experiment called married at first sight? And what makes him think that he's a good candidate for it? Like, and it's not about not being good for love or for marriage because it has nothing to do with that. This whole process in general is just so highly publicized and there's so much to it. I don't know. It just makes you wonder why they went for it. Speaking of Iris being a virgin, going on Married at First Sight, Woody and Amani, Woody has cheated before and he openly admits that not only 
to like his friends and whatnot and to like the camera, to like the world, but even to like her family, his new wife's family. What'd you think of that? I don't know. That wasn't very good. I sometimes wonder if people do these shows to fix things about themselves as opposed to being ready. Yeah. You know, and I think that's happened a bunch of times on Married at First Sight, right? Where you think coming on the show is going to magically make you a person who doesn't cheat or right or someone who's ready to settle down. And we've seen like with the big tall basketball guy. I'm sorry, I'm so bad. Names. Yeah, and Amber. Right? Yep. Obviously, he was not even close to ready to do this. But then, you know, we didn't ever really find out what happened in his family, but maybe he did that because he was trying to escape something. I don't know right. what he was doing. Yeah. And it did but, seem like he had something going on in his family because he didn't even, none of his family was ever a part right. of the show. He sort of hinted towards it. And it's like, I just really think that sometimes they come on the show because they think, well, this will make me able to be in a relationship. And it doesn't. I'm, I'm curious to see, I love Woody. I think he's so cool. Oh, I love too. him. And I think they have a good shot. I just hope that, you know, he isn't just going to move on quickly, you know? Yeah, same here. Like, I genuinely love Woody. Like, he's yeah. pretty cool just to watch and to even just to talk to when unfiltered. He seems really cool. I just yeah. hope that he can kind of settle down because it seems like he's the life of the party everywhere he goes. And, and she seems so chill. So yeah. curious how that's going to play out. I like them. I don't think it's ever really a good idea to tell like your in-laws. Yeah. Maybe not, not necessary. I mean, but then like if you lie <laughs> and they find out, then you're a liar. So it's like you're just screwed either that's way. True. Yeah. In normal life, I don't think your in-laws are like, have you ever cheated before? Yeah, right. That was probably totally <laughs> prompted by the producer, which really sucks, but that's TV for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and something like this, like it's totally fine. But like, I think in real life, people don't really. Yeah. That's a really good point. <laughs> like that doesn't yeah. come up. Uh, Olivia and Brett. Uh-oh. People are still scared about Brett's intentions and in his past as a serial dater because, you know, you probably saw him at the bachelorette party. He was like flirting it up, you know, with yeah. the bartender. And then even with like Henry's two girlfriends, those same two girlfriends we were just talking about, he was like, you know, why aren't you with them, Henry? They seem like good catches or, you know, whatever he said. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Got red flags all over him. Right? Ay, ay, ay. And what's really sad is for me with this couple is that Olivia has no idea Brett's past behavior and she seems so like goo goo gaga over him. And I'm like, oh, girl, uh-huh. be careful. Like, I don't know. Like, what are his intentions? Yeah. I have no idea. But already I'm like wanting to be protective of her. Like, be careful. <laughs> I just go, is it another Matt situation? I honestly don't know that far ahead yet, but it seems like she's cute. I like her and I hope she doesn't get her heart crushed. Yeah. She seems like, even just the way she talks, she's so like angelic and sweet and just has good intentions. It's almost like Zach and Mindy, like Mindy had such great intentions and the sweetest thing. And he just, I do not know. I mean, I think he just wanted to like show his face on television and his like, yeah, that was so weird, man. Can I just give a shout out to my favorite contestant of all time? Yes. Kate. Oh, you love Kate? I love Kate. Oh, really? Hi, Tell Kate, me why. You're listening. Um, I just thought she also handled her situation so beautifully when he was really, really terrible. I mean, I don't think that anyone has been treated worse, maybe, by one of the guys. Um, maybe Matt and Amber, but she was just so cool and she just deserves so much better. So I just, like, I hope, she just seems amazing. I hope she finds someone. Oh, 
You know, she is from Philadelphia and only lives about an hour away from me. So we've hung out a few times. She's been, you know, she's come over a couple times. Her and Jasmine, actually all of them from Philadelphia have come over. Oh, I love Jasmine too, yeah. Yeah, I love, Jasmine is actually a little firecracker. She is so (laughs) fun to talk to. But Kate is a sweetheart and I love her to death. And now now that you mention her, I'm like, I want to reach out to her and see how she's doing, like what she's been up to. But well, I'm, gonna, I'm a big fan. I'm going to have to let her know right after this. I'm going to text her and be like, hey, I had someone on who loves you. <laughs> She'll love hearing that. Yeah. Our last couple, Karen and Miles, what are your thoughts on them? Love, love. They just, they look great together. He seems awesome. She seems awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can't see any roadblocks there going forward. You? Well, she was a bit, she still kind of seems like a little bit skeptical. She was definitely skeptical when she found out about like his name before they got married. Do you remember that? She found out who Wait. he was before they got married and said she's not attracted to him. She like stalked him on Instagram and said that he was very emotional and she's not into emotional men. <laughs> and Right, right. Yeah. And so she almost didn't want to marry him. But then at their wedding, I don't know, it seems like they hit things off pretty fast, right? Yeah, I think that's a good lesson in that your social media is not a real picture of everything. Oh my gosh. Like say that louder for the people in the back. <laughs> like Your social media. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> for real uh, though. But it's true, right? I mean, if someone only read my social media, they might think that I'm completely insane. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. But it's true. And then like she meets him in person and, you know, you only put certain things on social yeah. media. You don't get a full picture of anybody. Good and bad. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I try on purpose to be, especially lately, I've done even more. I wonder what you think, because I know that, you know, like we follow each other on social media. Do you feel like what I put on social media is like the real me? I'm curious what you think. Oh, yeah, I do, definitely. I mean, you're just so open about everything. Yeah, I honestly think that there's nothing wrong with that. I really don't. But it's true, though. For the majority of people, it's so true. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like even Doug's account, like, you know, he doesn't talk about anything personal ever. It's always just... I love my wife and I love my kids, basically. Right, which is not a bad thing. No, um, not at all. But I mean, I think it depends on the kind of person you are, like in your personality. I think, you know, you, a lot of people want to know that stuff from you. So yeah, I think it's a good lesson. I mean, I think we all know that kind of about social media. But yeah. You shouldn't like somebody or not like somebody because of that, because it just does not paint a full picture. Yeah. So, But he's very handsome. She's beautiful. They both have great personalities. She's older than him. So I think that's like... That's that's, interesting. Yeah, that's something that's definitely going to come up. But on the topic of first impressions, obviously, if anybody, I'm like notorious for (laughs) a terrible first impression and then obviously we work it out. So, I mean, it's just another story saying like, to those of you guys listening, if you're still single and you're, you know, hoping to find the one, like maybe don't listen to your first impression. Like sometimes your first impressions aren't the best impressions and yeah it's tricky yeah anyways well thank you so much for taking the time out to come on our podcast and chat with us this was so much fun thanks for the inside scoop on ellen degeneres that's interesting so basically i think the the overall thought on that is that what everyone's saying is true like she is very difficult right i guess yeah i mean i mean you have to believe people right yeah, but like even with your interview, you said that she was a little difficult, right? I mean, she was nice to you. She was nice to me. She was just like not that on-screen persona, like that happy, right. happy bubbly. See, that's what makes it confusing because I'm like, well, I'm not always that on-screen persona either. And like, I wouldn't want someone to think I'm mean because of it. 
but I just think like if her underlings are saying this and yeah, I, like when you know what really turned it for me was when her DJ Tony posted that on Instagram. Yeah, I mean he's he's kind of famous too. He was like the DJ the entire like for yeah. like ten years or something, and he was saying it was a toxic environment. So you know. Yeah, that's when you got to just believe them, you know, and yeah, but like maybe I don't know. You want to think the best of her because she just makes everyone laugh and smile and she's just so good. Like how I don't want to think anything bad about Ellen DeGeneres. (laughs) I just don't. She's done a lot of good in the world, too. It's like, you know, it's it's hard to reconcile all that, you know? Yeah, I'm still a fan. Not going to (laughs) lie. She hasn't done anything to me, so I'm a fan still. (laughs) (laughs) But. All right, Dibs. Thank you so much for coming on. If people want to hear from you, first of all, your book, I would like to say both books that you've been a part of, my book and Lady Tigers have been amazing books, but truly like Lady Tigers has taken the world by storm. Speaking of Ellen DeGeneres, wasn't there a quote about the Lady Tigers in general? Like, I know she said something because I, I remember being like, yes, Holy team, so this book I did about this softball team in the Bronx. Let's talk about that real fast. Can you tell us a little bit about this book? Because it's actually, it's gotten a lot of buzz. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so it's basically about a coach and these girls on the softball team in the Bronx. True story. And it's really about the first season that they did this program. And it's just about all of the obstacles they had to overcome just to get through the season. And they're in junior high. So I call it Bad News Bears in the Bronx. It's a beautiful story. Each of the girls has an issue going on that is really heartbreaking. The coach had stomach cancer. It's kind of this unbelievable, it's too, you couldn't make it up. You really couldn't make up what happened to this team and this year that I cover in the book. And so it's about them kind of learning how to be a team of sisters when they have all sorts of issues going on from poverty to gangs around them to, it's a book about resilience and hope and not letting your past kind of destroy your future and, you know. So those are kind of the themes of it. And so the team was on Ellen. That's how I found them. And Ellen had them on. And then from that, I wrote the book about them. And so, yes, there is a quote on the cover of the book from Ellen saying that she loves the story. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, that is incredible. The fact that Ellen, I mean, like her or not, she is so incredibly... So supportive. Yeah, but her opinion really matters. You know, she finds the best of the best stories to have on her show and she had your story essentially on her show. So your book before it was a book, but. And she gave the program $25,000. So wow. That's for so. equipment and stuff. So it's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, please, if you can, check it out. Lady Tigers in the Concrete Jungle. Where can people find Lady Tigers? Um, bookstores, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, everywhere. There's also a cool audio book that's narrated by this really awesome woman, this actress. So that's cool. So she does all the voices and everything. So that's Oh, fun. that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, and also if people wanted to find you, do you want to give them a place to find you or do you just want them to go read your book? You can follow me on Twitter. It's at I got dibs bear, but I will warn people that I'm pretty saucy on that. Oh, I want to uh, follow you on Twitter. I don't know very, if I'm so very you saucy. Twitter. Instagram is at dibs stick. Don't ask me why I haven't changed that. I love it. I have a website, dibsbear.com. Awesome. Thank you, Dibs, so much for coming on the podcast. So much fun. And for those of you guys listening, definitely go out and get Lady Tigers. That book is so inspirational. You are going to absolutely love it. And when you do, let me know how you like it. 
That was amazing. I knew she was going to be awesome. Yeah, I just love how she doesn't really hold back at all. I guess she's been so far removed from the tabloids and the magazines that she can really dish on what she really felt back in the day. Yeah, like she's not under their, I guess, pay mm-hmm. payroll anymore. So she's like, let me tell you what I have to say. Talk about a super fan for Married at First Sight, though. Like, that's a diehard fan. Yeah, she's watched every single season except from season two. She always texts you, too. To know about yeah, the Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's always like, oh, what can you tell me? Because you sit down and talk to them. And I'm yeah. like. She's really good at that, though, because you can tell that she was good at the tabloid magazine with all the gossip because she's using you as a source. Yeah, I don't think so. No, Doug. No, of but course I mean, not. Like, but those are like the tactics. Yeah. Honestly, I think the reason why she's so good at what she does and she was so good at being like a reporter and whatnot is because she's so approachable. She's so easy to talk to. I mean, you can just like spill your guts to her and you just feel safe. Like she's not going to judge you. She's not going to tell everybody and their sister. As you can tell, Jamie is again holding Hendrix. Yeah. I mean, still holding Hendrix throughout this whole entire interview. I was holding him. I just think that, you know, he's two months old and he just wants to be held by his mommy. He's cluster feeding and he's a growing boy. Yeah. And I'm like, most people are on maternity leave and they're able to do that. I'm fortunate enough to be able to podcast from the basement and do my work while holding my son. And that is the best job. So thank you guys for, I mean, no joke. If you're listening to this right now, I genuinely want to thank you for listening to this and allowing me to be at home in my basement podcasting with my husband because I'm able to hold my son while I'm working. And that means everything to me. So thank you. Yeah. And next week we have a fantastic podcast coming up. Yes, we do. So stay tuned to that. But until then, wear your mask, wash your hands. We love you guys. Yes. And to stay up to date on all Hot Marriage Cool Parents, you can visit us on Instagram at Doug Hainer, Jamie and Otis, or the Hot Marriage Cool Parents Instagram page, which we will be doing an epic giveaway. Yeah, and the giveaway is going to involve leaving five-star reviews. And if you are listening to this podcast right now, then be sure to leave a five-star review because the day that this goes live is when you're going to be in the drawing for the giveaway. So leave a five-star review and let us know over on Instagram that you have and you're going to be in the drawing. Yeah, and we're doing the giveaway because of 2 million downloads. Yes. Thank you guys so much for that. We love you. Have a great week. Goodbye.